The following message is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe can be found at axechurchleander.com. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples walked along. They began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiatar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Thank you so much, Nate. I'd ask you guys to pray with me now. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you asking that you give us that promised rest, Sabbath. Lord, that as we reflect on your word, as we reflect on who you are and what you have for us and for our families, Lord, that you would still our hearts. Lord, that you would help us be able to reflect on the gifts and the goodness and the peace that you give us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. So you know how in the Bible, typically if you're reading along, it has like the caption at the top, and it'll say something like, Jesus walks on water, or Jesus feeds the 5,000, right? And it kind of captions that section of scripture. Well, if someone ever asked me to caption a section of scripture, this would probably be my favorite one to do, because Mark chapter 2, the entirety of it could be called Adventures in Missing the Point, right? Mark chapter 1 is all about Jesus coming onto the scene, and he starts preaching God's word, God's kingdom, that God loves people and that he is for people, right? And so he's healing people, and he's driving out demons. All these awesome things are happening in Mark chapter 1. But eventually, the church folk at that time would be the rabbis, but essentially the pastors of the day or the church workers of the day find out about Jesus, and they want to kind of check them out themselves. And as they're checking him out, Jesus is still doing all this really cool stuff, but they miss the point over and over and over again in Mark chapter 2. It starts off the, seal, uh, the, the story of Jesus healing a paralytic man, and whose friends literally are so desperate to get their friend to Jesus that they cut a hole through a roof and lower him down on a mat. And Jesus sees this man who's literally physically broken, and he looks at him and he says, your sins are forgiven. And the church folk, they are not okay with this. They're like, who could forgive sins? But it's all in their mind, right? They're just thinking through this. But Jesus knows their thoughts, and he says, you're upset that I say you can forgive sins. Well, I'll tell you what, which is harder, forgive sins or get up and walk? And he looks at this man who has been paralyzed, and he says, get up, take up your mat, and walk. God loves you. And the man gets up and he walks. But again, the church folk, they aren't okay with this. The leaders in the church aren't okay with what Jesus is up to. That only devils down when Jesus starts hanging out with Levi, this tax collector, this essential thug sanctioned by the government. And Jesus shows up and starts hanging out with all of the wrong crowd. He's not hanging out with the church folk. He's hanging out with the gluttons and the drunkards and the tax collectors, and the prostitutes. And the church folk are like, hey, that's not who God's supposed to be with. You hang out with us, not with them. And Jesus says, hey guys, sick folk or healthy folk don't need a doctor. It's the sick who do. And I have come to call and to heal the sick. 
It goes on, and Jesus is literally having parties with these people. He's celebrating with these people. They're eating together. They're drinking together. And again, the church leaders come to him, and they're like, hey, you're supposed to be solemn if you're religious. You're not supposed to have a good time. You're supposed to fast. And Jesus says, there is a time for fasting, but there's also a time for celebration, and I am here to celebrate with my people because God's kingdom has come. And then we get to the last story in Mark chapter 2. Again, adventures and missing the point. And it's all about Sabbath. It's all about rest. And Jesus comes into tension with those in charge of the church because they have very different definitions, very different objectives for what the Sabbath, for what rest is supposed to be. You see, in the Old Testament, Moses, in the Ten Commandments, actually said one of the commandments, right? So thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, One of the commandments was to honor and practice Sabbath, a day of the week where we stop working. This comes from uh, the book of Exodus chapter 20. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that was in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Sabbath literally was the Hebrew word for rest. Exodus chapter 20, one of the commandments is for us to rest, for us to not have to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. And he, God, actually modeled that when he created the world. He said, guys, I wasn't tired when I rested on the seventh day. God's arms weren't finished with like, wow, I just made the cosmos. This is hard. That's not the point of the story. God was modeling a rhythm for his children, for you and for I to be able to participate in, where we don't have to continue to work, work, and work to keep the plates spinning. God says, guys, it's my job to keep the plates spinning. I am in control, and I want you to be able to rest And then I want you to be able to enjoy the gifts that I've given you and appreciate the gifts that I've given you. That's what Sabbath is about. It's a sacred time, Exodus 20 says, to make it holy, to make it sacred by enjoying the gifts God's given us and appreciating and giving thanks to a God who gives us these two good gifts. And that's one of the weird things about rest and Sabbath, and this is something I personally struggle with. Because I can rest by watching a movie, I can rest by hanging out online, I can rest by playing a video game, but eventually what will happen is if I get gluttonous about it, I just start devouring rest, right? And I'm no longer appreciating the gifts God's given me, I'm just numbing myself. I'm tired, and so instead of being at peace, I numb myself with media, or I numb myself with food, or I numb myself with whatever good thing God has given me, but I stop appreciating the God who's given it to me. And at that point, rest moves from a sacred space, and it moves to more of a devouring consumeristic space. And the gifts that God gives us are, hey, no, I want you to enjoy this. But part of what makes it sacred is for us to keep space open in our minds, to be at peace, to be at rest with God, and to be able to still look back and say, hey, God, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this food. Thank you for this community or this opportunity to watch a movie or to hang out in the garden. 
And so that's what Sabbath and rest look like. That's the gift that God gave us in Sabbath. But again, Mark chapter 2 is all about adventures and missing the point, right? And so it goes like this. On one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. But the Pharisees, the church folk, said to them, Look, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Now, this is kind of a strange story. It doesn't seem to make sense, right? They're just walking through a field, and they're just essentially grabbing some wheat as they go to kind of munch on. That doesn't seem like work, right? But where the Pharisees, in fact, where the church as a whole had failed was the fact that they had thought that Sabbath was something we do, not something that we receive, right? Israel had been under bondage for centuries. They had been enslaved. They were no longer a kingdom on their own. They were always under the heel of either the Romans or the Persians or the Assyrians or the Babylonians. And so they got it in their head that if they could just do enough right things, God would bless them again. God would give them what they wanted. And so they took something like the Sabbath, which was meant to be a day of rest, and they literally turned it into a book of rules where you could only walk so many steps on a day or you were doing quote-unquote work on the Sabbath. You were supposed to just sit at home solemnly waiting, and if you did that long enough, if you kept that sacred quote-unquote, then God would eventually bless Israel. But they needed everyone to participate in it or it wouldn't work. See, they had missed the point of what Sabbath was what what was meant to be. It's not something that we do. It's not on us to carry it. It's something we receive from God, rest, peace to know that the world is not on our shoulders, and then to enjoy and to appreciate the gifts God has given us. In response, Jesus tells this story. He says, Jesus answered, Have you not heard what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is, unlawful, which is only lawful for the priest to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, You see, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The story of David is important because he was right. Normal folk were not supposed to eat that bread. But again, it wasn't about the rules to stop people from receiving food. It was meant to protect food for the priests who depended on that bread for their daily bread. But if someone was in need, the rules serve us. We don't serve the rules. And that's why he says this. You see, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was built for us. We weren't built for the Sabbath. Does that make sense? Does that kind of change how we look at it? Sabbath isn't something we're supposed to quote-unquote do better or do right. Sabbath was built for us. It was a gift for us to help us remember that it's not all on us. And in this time of quarantine, in this time of social distancing, in this time where it can feel like all the plates are about to topple over, one of the gifts that God gives us is he says, guys, Sabbath, rest, is still for you. This gift that you can enjoy where you're at 
and appreciate the God who is providing daily bread for you. It's something that we get to receive in the same way that we can receive communion, the same way that we can receive forgiveness of sins, in the same way that we receive the fellowship of the church and are able to love on one another. That's what Sabbath is meant to be. And then Jesus ends by saying this, so the Son of Man is the Lord even of the Sabbath. He says, the Son of Man, the Messiah, he's the one who can give us true rest. Rest where we are able to enjoy the gifts of God, where we are able to put down the heavy weight and the work of the world, and we are able to appreciate and give thanks to a God who is for us and providing for us. One of my favorite scriptures in this time of quarantine, of COVID, has been the promise Jesus gives to his disciples when he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Twice, Jesus promises rest. He says, if you come to me, I will give you rest for your soul. I will give you a burden and a yoke that is light because I am gentle, and I am a good shepherd, and I am a good God, and I am for you, and it doesn't depend on you. And again, I think in this time where it can feel like so much more is on our shoulders, that promise to be able to be in a posture of rest is needed now more than ever. Parents, students, children, all of us need those moments. And all of us need each other to provide for those moments, which means as spouses having conversations of like, hey, you know what, I, I, I need some rest right now. How are we going to create spaces that we can be for one another so we can enjoy and give thanks, so we can put down the burden? All of us need that. Your children need that. Your students need that. And we also need to combat the, the ways of the world where we move from rest to devouring and nothing but consuming where we still have the right posture and the right receptive attitude to be like, no, I can enjoy this, but as soon as I stop giving thanks for this thing, as soon as I've numbed myself to that point, just take a step back and say, you know what, maybe I need to get off the screen for a little bit. Maybe I need to have one less chocolate for a moment. Maybe I need to go outside and just sit and pray and give thanks to a God. And in that, our soul is restored. In that posture, we actually receive the gifts of Sabbath. So we're going to go into a time of reflection. We're going to have some music going on in the background. Uh, and I just want you to reflect and talk. And you can put it in the comments. You can talk about it with your spouse or with your kids. But just this question of where do you need rest for your soul right now? Is it rest from your daily nine-to-five job? Is it rest from caring for your family as a parent and you've been stuck inside this house and you just need time to breathe? Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.